You're listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast, featuring conversations on the business of transforming healthcare. Welcome to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm Sam Glick, partner with the Health and Life Sciences Practice here at Oliver Wyman. In this episode, we're speaking with Glenn Tolman, chairman and CEO of Lavongo. Lavongo is a consumer-powered digital health company that enables people with chronic conditions to live a better life. They have developed a completely new approach for diabetes management that combines the latest technology uh, with more human touch coaching, and I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, Glid previously served as CEO of Allscripts, the leading global provider of electronic health records, and he is a co-founder and managing partner of Seven Wire Ventures, uh, an investment firm based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us, Glenn. Sure. It's great to be with you today. So, Glenn, you have uh, a, a strong history of uh, taking things that uh, may have required kind of heavy, heavy and uh, hard to adjust technology and making them um, more agile, more consumer friendly, uh, more about the end user and something that can evolve with the times. Uh, and it sounds like you're doing some of that with Lavongo, uh, using cloud technology to help people manage chronic disease. Um, so, what was the old model? What was it about that model that wasn't working, and, and why do we need te- cloud technology as the missing link? Well, I think that um, you know the way that I always approach these different problems are what's the best solution? And if it turns out we can use technology, Sam, to help us optimize that solution, that's great. But I think that, that when you look at chronic conditions – And I had a little bit of an advantage in this in that my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 8 years old. He's now 21. And my mother had type 2 diabetes. So I've been surrounded for many years by this chronic condition. And I was astounded by how hard it was to do the right thing to stay healthy. We made it so difficult. So, for example, we asked people to prick their fingers to check their blood sugar and do that regularly. And yet every time we did it, we charged them um, money and we made it very difficult for them to get strips, to remember to order the strips. Then we asked them to write it down. Then we asked them to bring the information to their physician and not forget it. Then we made it hard on the physician because to give the physician all this information and in a few minutes they had to try to digest the information make sense of it, think about that individual person and what that information meant to them. And in every case, we just made it very difficult. And yet, when you look around the rest of the world, we've made, we've used technology to make things easier. So, so number one, we, we were making it very difficult for people to stay healthy. And the second problem was that we were treating chronic disease, chronic conditions, exactly the same as acute conditions. So if you break your arm, you go to the hospital, they take an x-ray, they reset your arm, they put a cast on it, you go home, and then you go to get a checkup and the cast gets taken off. And that works very well. And frankly, in our system, we do a reasonably good job of those kind of acute conditions. Even for things like heart surgery, you go in, you have the heart surgery, It generally works, which is amazing given the complexity. You go home, you have a recovery period. But with a chronic condition, you have that all day, every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a a week, 
you know, all year long. And so we have to find ways that we can be there to assist the person with that chronic condition when they need it. And we can't do that with a physician. So we have to treat it very differently. And what we need to do is to provide tools to health consumers that empower them to be able to manage their condition every day and every night or their immediate care team. And that would be a family. That's a son or a daughter for an older person, a husband or a wife or a mother or a father, but not rely on the traditional, I'm going to go see the physician because chronic conditions just don't work that way. And so we think technology in the cloud can really play a critical role to give consumers that real-time information and make sure they have the right support at exactly the right moment when they need it. And that's what we've created at Livongo. But frankly, all across healthcare, you're going to see both personalized medicine, but medicine that is available and information that's available when someone needs it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're finding that healthcare is an information business. And he or she who has the best information can stay the healthiest. And that's, uh, that's really the business that we're in today. That's great. And so, speak, I mean, speaking of information, how do you use that information uh, to personalize the experience for the, for the individual and know when to intervene, uh, when to have Livongo become a more active part of their lives? And I, I ask because, you know, some have suggested that we have the rates of chronic conditions uh, that, like diabetes that we do because people don't want to think about their health all the time and they, they kind of prefer a certain amount of ignorance because it's not a fun thing to think about. So how do you, how do you strike that balance and know the right, team, the right time to jump in without having the technology be ever-present? Well, there's all kinds of analogies I could give you, but the first one is uh, OnStar. And so if you're film, familiar with OnStar for your car, You know, OnStar is a technology that monitors your car. And the only time that you know that you have OnStar is if you're in an accident. A sensor goes off that says your your airbags have triggered or you've been, you know, the sensors have been jolted at a certain speed. And then a voice comes on. It's a live human voice over over your in your car and says, are you okay?" Um, And so the idea is it's not ever present. It's not there. It's only there exactly when you need it. And it knows that from sensors in your car. Similarly, there's a a new company that started, um, started by a friend of mine named Brad Keywell called Uptake. And Uptake provides these same sensors in uh, Caterpillar equipment. So if you're building a big building and the crane you have stops working, that's a big problem because the project can't go forward without that crane and you can't get a new crane the next day. And so what this does is it monitors all the working systems in the cranes all around the world and it sees which ones are about to break and it can be proactive. So we've taken that idea of monitoring and the only time that will intervene is that perfect moment when someone checks their blood sugar and it's particularly or dangerously high or low. And at that point, they'll get a real live person on the phone. That person knows who they are. They know who, what their trends are. And that person will say, is there any way we can be of assistance right now? And it turns out that's the moment that people are open to learn. That's the moment that people really need assistance you know, because today the, the coaching model we use is we call people randomly, we remind them, 
that they have a chronic condition and we ask if they, we can help. But by definition, we're, call, we're always calling at the wrong time. Right. And what we're doing is creating that perfect moment. And again, imagine that you received a call right now. You interrupted this podcast and your phone rang and someone said, we can be there to fix your flat tire. Now, that would not be a welcome call, and you, you probably wouldn't even be happy you received it, unless you were driving to do the podcast and you had a flat tire, and then you would say, what perfect timing. Now, the funny thing is, it's the exact same call, but the timing, the context of the call is what matters, and because someone knew that you needed that service at that moment, that's what made it perfect. And that's what we're doing. And increasingly, healthcare will be about predictive and personalized care. Um, and it will be provided by the variety of sensors that we have, some attached to your body, some through testing that you do. But the key is getting that right from a personalized standpoint, from a contextual standpoint, and from a temporal or time standpoint. So, Glenn, if I, I love your OnStar analogy. If I continue with it. OnStar knows the right time uh, to offer assistance in my life based on sensors in my car and where I'm located and all sorts of things. Uh, but OnStar also then knows an awful lot about all of the cars with OnStar uh, and what tends to break down more often than uh, other parts and where people tend to have more flat tires, etc. Uh, I imagine you're getting all sorts of great data through Livongo uh, that give you new insights into diabetes in the aggregate. Um, is that true? And if so, what are you doing with it? Well, exactly. I think we're at the five-yard line of a hundred-yard game in terms of using that information. But for the first time, we can start to predict what people are likely to have seizures. Now, that one's not too difficult because if you walk out and you go to drive your car to stick with that analogy and it's on empty and you say, I can make it to work today. So that day you drive to work and you make it, and but you're very low. And now the next day you try it again and you make it. Well, by the third or fourth day, we all know that your odds of running out of gas are very high. So the analogy is similarly, if your blood sugar is particularly low, let's say the average might be 100 for a blood sugar and you're at 50 or 40. Well, one time that's okay. But imagine if every day you're running at 40. Well, then we know after four or five checks of your blood sugar and it's 40 each time, we know that at some point, just given the natural variance, you're going to dip down to a number where your body goes into seizure. And so we can pre-identify people after three or four lows, get on the phone with them um, with the assistance of their endocrinologist, their doctor, their certified diabetes educator, whoever it is, and suggest that they have to change their behavior because otherwise we know a bad outcome is coming. And similarly, we are starting to, for the first time, understand that there are differences in if people exercise a lot, how do they absorb insulin? Um, there are differences in the way men and women react to different medications. But we've never known those differences, so we've had to treat everybody the same. And yet we know you know, we don't have to do any research to know that we're all a bit different. We all react to foods differently. We all have different allergies. And so, again, this, this is moving toward more of a personalized medicine model.
to say, we can customize a solution for you. So the data is critical, not just for Livongo, but for many of our partners who are very interested, the large pharmaceutical companies and others who are interested in getting this data and using it for research to make better targeted solutions to keep people healthy. And at the end of the day, we have to keep coming back to what can we do to keep um, Sam healthy every day? And that's really what it's about. So absolutely, um, you know, this is about keeping an individual healthy and happy and letting them live their life and doing so without a lot of intervention and doing the same thing for a population. And, you know, where you started, people's reaction, which was very interesting, is they said, I don't want to spend more time. I don't want to be more engaged in my chronic condition. And yet the whole industry is focused on how do we get people more engaged? Right. So we took kind of a contrarian view. We said, what if they're right? What if they actually should spend less time, not more time? Um, and what if we can use technology to automate everything they don't want to do? So in Livongo, someone never has to order strips again because we know how many they used and we know when they need new ones. They never have to write down their numbers because they're automatically captured by the system and they're sent anywhere that patient desires. Um, they, they are reminded and given information about their particular unique situation on a regular basis through the app when they're checking their blood sugar. And that's when they're most engaged and ready to learn. So if they have a particularly high blood sugar testing, it might say drink two glasses of water walk for 15 minutes and check again in 30 minutes. And what's fascinating is our compliance rates are in the 80% area. People say, well, how do you know that? Because we know because 15 minutes later they check again and their numbers have improved. And so, so this is a whole new way of looking at chronic conditions. And it's not just about Livongo. This is the way healthcare will be done. So physicians, today we go to a physician for a checkup, but in the future, the physician will call you and you'll only go when you need that checkup because most of that will be able to be done remotely. Um, Glenn, it's, it sounds like a pretty amazing thing. What, what stands between you and this being how every diabetic manages his or her conditions? What are, what are the barriers to scaling this across the country and around the world? So first, I wouldn't be me if I didn't correct one thing you said, and that is um, we have, you know, I like to say if you're going to change the world, you have to change the words first. And Starbucks learned that because they taught us a whole new language about there's no more small, medium, and large anymore if you go to a Starbucks. And if you ask for that, people look at you like you just don't get it. Well, similarly, one of the things we noticed is in diabetes, we were calling people by their disease name. So we call people diabetics, but we don't call people with cancer, cancers. Right. And we don't call people with pimples. So we call them people with diabetes. So your question is what stands between getting all the people with diabetes, um, this solution or a solution like it. Um, and really that comes about how do you change the status quo? And really, there's, there's a few answers. The big answer is leadership, and that's true in all of healthcare, and that is we have to get our healthcare leaders to start to step out. And instead of saying, 
maybe I'll pilot something. They ought to be actively saying, we know we can do better. And we're in a rapid and desperate search for better solutions. And so in some respects, we have to leap before we look, as my, my old friend Jeff Sauls used to say. And so, so I think this, this uh, conservative approach to healthcare, um, you know, what, what we have to do is we have to get the innovators to join us in adopting new technologies that can truly move the needle. And I think for us, the key has been defining the right partners who are ready to push the status quo and simply demand better. And we see that change as being largely driven by innovative self-insured employers like Lowe's and Iron Mountain and Target and many others who are really actively out there searching for solutions and saying, we know we can do better for our employees. And I, so I applaud those companies. And once those companies get on board, then they usually bring the payers along with them. Um, but yet there are very innovative payers. You know, I'd call out folks like uh, Humana and Cigna as in particular as payers who are very innovative in evaluating and testing new solutions and rolling out new solutions, working with some of those big self-insured employers. But that's really what we need. We need to, uh, you know, stop testing and evaluating and start doing. You know, I like to say that innovation begins by doing something. We have lots of people talking about innovation, but the best way to innovate is to do things. You know, there's that old saying from um, Edison when he was trying to invent the light bulb and he said, um, I didn't fail. I just found a thousand ways that didn't work. And, um, and so, you know, what we have to do is get in the mindset of saying healthcare is a science. It's an experimental science. We learn by doing, and we have to go out there and test, evaluate, improve. Um, and you know, the other thing I think we're finding and I applaud the healthcare industry is starting to, for the first time, aggressively bring in outsiders to help move the industry forward. So if you look at, you know, some of the top positions at an Aetna who went and brought a former Harvard Business School professor who had run casinos in to run one of their, you know, a big part of their healthcare business. And so why would they do that? What do casinos and business school professors have to do with healthcare? Well, healthcare fundamentally is about consumers and it's about changing behavior. And no one understands better, understands behavior better than casinos. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, that's the kind of innovation that will get us real change in healthcare. So, Glenn, last question, the same one I ask everybody. You've been in healthcare a while, uh, you've seen it from a number of different angles. Give me in 60 seconds or less. Uh, if time and money and resources weren't an issue, uh, what's the one thing you would do to make the system better? Well, I think that the biggest challenge in uh, we face today is chronic conditions. And um, what we have to do is we have to have the healthcare leaders in America remember that their job is not about paying bills. Um, their job is about keeping people healthy. 
and we have to have the healthcare leaders embrace um, every solution that leads to better health. And if they do that, that will lead to lower costs and healthier people. And I think we have a fundamental crisis in leadership. Um, it's not about the technology. It's not about the medications. It's not about the payment system. All that can be managed. What this is really about is it's about leadership. It's about healthcare leaders of large organizations, whether they be providers, whether they be payers, whether they be pharmaceutical companies stepping up and saying, we're going to go after these problems and we are going to pull out all resources. We're going to combine big companies, little companies, and we're going to find solutions. And I think too often the leaders have stepped back and they operate out of a model of almost fear of what we can't do rather than what we can do. And so I need, I think we need to kind of moonshots that long ago we talked about of going to the moon. And more recently, I applaud companies like Google who set their sights on solving big problems. And yet what's interesting is why is it that we don't have companies in healthcare setting those same kind of objectives that Google is setting. And that's, I would think, what every, what every uh, leader of a system, a payer, a pharmaceutical company ought to ask themselves, why can't they be Google in healthcare in terms of leadership of going after the really big problems? Because if you think about it, a few years ago, if we said self-driving cars, people would have said, oh, that's stuff out of, uh, you know, the future, um, and yet today, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't believe that it's only a matter of time before we have autonomous self-driving cars on the road. Of course, we have them on the road today from an experimental standpoint. I think you can go down a whole list of innovations that have been driven, and we just don't see that yet in healthcare. And I think that's the next frontier in healthcare. Sounds pretty good to me. Glenn Tolman, my friend, thank you very much. Keep up the good work at Lavongo. We sure appreciate it. Well, thanks for the opportunity, and uh, to all of the listeners, go out there and let's make it happen together. Now's the time. Absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. Oliver Wyman Health is a virtual community of innovators convened by the health and life sciences practice of global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. Find us online at health.oliverwyman.com and follow us on Twitter at OWHealthEditor.